I'm going to make it a point okay. to try to get our intro. I know we don't have one yet, and I want one really bad. I want an intro. I want an outro. I want a mid-tro. I don't know what I... If anything, we're just going to have to come up with something for ads. Because Eventually. it sucks when you do like a podcast, or like when you listen to a podcast, and all of a sudden it cuts off. Yeah. And then it's there. You're yeah. like, well, that was mid-sentence. Just a like mid-tro. a nice little... That's it. That's the one. <laughs> it's the winner. <laughs> so in case we don't have an intro yet. I'm Sam. And I'm Miguel. And this is the Didn't Anyone Mention podcast. Just an update for everybody that's listening. We were posting every Sunday and Wednesday. Um, but we want to bring you guys more quality episodes with more maybe in-depth information. So we're switching from two days a week to posting only once a week. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking the episode is going to release on Monday at 5 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. You're just guessing? That was pretty specific for guessing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So moving forward, um, we're not going to be releasing an episode on Wednesday anymore. We're just going to be releasing one on Monday for now, just so we can give you guys better episodes, more quality episodes, and uh, instead of just, you know, shotgunning you guys, it'll be, I'm hoping yeah. it'll be. Um, I think it will be a lot better. Yeah, I think I think it'll it's be better just, too. It's also like, dang, it's hard when um, your kid needs, she, they're awake more. <laughs> yeah, and we're, you know, we're both working parents. We're working, yeah. You know, we're, cool, yeah. And we just use this as our date night, in case yeah. you guys didn't know, this is yeah. our date night every Saturday. Yeah. After we put our little one to bed, mm-hmm. we... We just talk to each other for a couple hours, and yeah. it's nice. Yeah, it is nice. It's also going to be holiday time, so it's like, yeah. geez, that is just daunting on itself. But it's always great around the family, you know, around holidays. It's just a lot. Because you're is. already doing your normal everyday stuff yeah. and these extra things. So yeah. we just don't want to overstretch ourselves and lose, lose ourselves. Yeah, so... Um, today is also Veterans Day, so happy Veterans Day. When uh, when we release this, it will not be Veterans Day anymore. Yes, but thank you. Thank you to everybody. Yeah, thank you, yeah. We were going to try to do an episode on Veterans Day this weekend. One of our listeners, Spencer, offered some input for yeah. Veterans Day. I don't think we'll do it this year, but next year, if you're still listening, we'll definitely hit you up about it. Yeah. Maybe get you on a podcast. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be, it'd be fun. Yeah. Um, fun fact, uh, Marine Corps birthday, um, so like when the Marine Corps was founded was the day before Veterans Day. So if anybody was curious, I don't know when the rest of them were, I just have family that was in the Marine Corps, but it's always so funny that they're one day and then the next. So it's always a, an Is the Air Force time. the next day? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but, uh. It's an easy one to remember, and yeah, it's you, always kind of, it's just like an extra, like, if you know somebody, maybe who's in the Marine Corps, just, like, tell them. It just kind of makes their day. Yeah, so I looked up a little bit into Veterans Day. I only have one fact for you Ooh. about Veterans Day. It's nothing too wild, um, but Veterans Day started with the title Armistice, or Arm, Armistice Day. Armistice? No. Like, almost pharmacist, but arms? Like, arms, like, is Arm- in arms? Oh, man, of, I like, totally, weapons I totally or something? Me- no. Oh. <laughs> I totally messed that up. Armstice. Armstice. Armstice Day. Veterans Day is a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. 
cool. started off as that, and then in 1938 is when it became Veterans Day. Dang, it's been around for a while. Yeah. So uh. that's the only fact I have for it. I'm, I wasn't going to get dig into it. <laughs> um, but today, guess what I got for you? Well, I already saw it. You did? Well, I just like looked down and saw it. What is it? It's Gandhi. It is. You look down, dude. Well, I can't believe I looked down. What a mistake. That's it. Well, anyways. That's cool. So, yeah. I was looking at some historical figures because it's kind of fun to look at, like, the history of everybody. Mm -hmm. And, like, Martin Luther King. Gandhi has a, a similar background. What? Yeah. Homeboy starved himself. Right? Yeah. So that's all I know. <laughs> so this may fit into one episode. I'm not gonna say it will. Okay. There is a lot. I didn't even. I have five pages here, and I didn't even go through all of it. I had to stop myself. Otherwise, I'd just probably go on and on and on. Dang. So maybe if you want to know more, then we'll maybe do we'll a part do, two. Yeah. But or who knows? Maybe part two. Maybe it'll be a part three. Maybe. So yeah, we're gonna talk about Gandhi today. Mm-hmm. Um. I just kind of found him, and everybody pretty much knows Gandhi. He's a world figure, mm-hmm. or was a world figure. Everybody know what he knows what he did. What was he most famous for? I, I was gonna say he's like the OG Dobby. Um, the OG Dobby. Yeah, you know Dobby. Dobby has a sock from Harry Potter. You think he? Why? You know the outfit that he wears? Yeah. Doesn't Gandhi just wear like pretty much that? The white like. Pillowcase with okay, I see what you're saying. I thought you were talking about like him being small and frail. Well, I guess most of the pictures I've seen of Gandhi are small and frail because he was starving. You're right. He is kind of Dobby-esque. <laughs> <laughs> I see where you got it. Because <laughs> um, he... Uh, I can't remember what it was for, though. He's from India, right? He's from India. Okay. The Salt March. Uh, we'll salt March sounds really familiar. It's just like interesting, or I guess you have gone into those histories, and it's like what we got in school compared to like some real stuff. It is interesting. It's, it is pretty interesting. It's like because one of my favorite things. I didn't realize how how much from school I actually retained. I know <laughs> it's so weird. But yeah, so it's like when I when I learn about stuff, I'm like, oh, I kind of knew that already. Mm-hmm. But then, like, if you were to ask me just maybe the day before mm-hmm. and ask me about it, I would have said I don't know anything. But as soon as I hear, it, I'm like, oh, okay, actually, I do know that. I yeah. do know that. Yeah, unless it's the president song, great. Yes, I still don't know that, know that one. <laughs> um. Anyways, um, same format as always. I'm just going to go talk about Gandhi a little bit, go through his youth, and then all the way up through his adult life and kind of all of his trials and tribulations that made Gandhi Gandhi. So, he was born on October 2nd, 1869. 18? 1869, yeah. I know, it was like a while ago. Dang. Yeah, he was born in Porbandar, India. And he died January 30th, 1948 in Delhi. Dude, this guy was 80? Something, something like that. Yeah, he was 80. Jeez. He lived a pretty good life. I was going to say, for going through a lot of, I would say, like, health, like starving yourself can really hurt your body. Yeah. And I think he did a lot of marches and stuff, I'm guessing, too, yeah. right? Yep, he did. Hmm. Putting your body at that. I mean, 80. That's pretty intense. Yeah. He was a lawyer, 
a politician, he was a social activist, and he was a writer who became the leader of a nationalist movement against Britain. It's kind of a little bit into his life. And still to this a day... A lawyer? He was, yeah. Huh. And we'll, we'll get into that. Oh, nice. um, and still to this day, he's considered to be in the same light as a founding father in India. Oh, so like, uh, who's that like? Um, Thomas Jefferson and stuff like that. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like a, yeah, he's viewed almost like a founding father in oh, India. Oh, okay. Um, and... He he he's globally known as a nonviolent protester, you know, nonviolent mm-hmm, protest. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're going to get into his youth. So Gandhi, he was the youngest child of his father's fourth wife. There's father's fourth wife. Yeah. Jeez. I know, okay. Right? Okay. Um, his father was the Diwan of Porambar. What's a Diwan? Chief Minister. Okay. Yeah. So he's pretty high ranking. I mean, a lot of these people have, like, a pretty, like, religious background. Like, Martin Luther King had, like, a religious background, too. You're right. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. I wonder if it has to do almost, like, if you start at an early age, you know. You have, like, a lot of belief. You also learn how to talk to people. I think that's a big thing. Yeah, because Martin Luther King was pretty, he's pretty well-spoken. Yeah. And I'm assuming Gandhi was too. I haven't heard anything from Gandhi, but I'm assuming yeah. he was pretty well spoken. Exactly. Um and but Gandhi as a child didn't really have much to show for formal education. Oh really? Um huh. yeah. And his mother was I'm gonna mess this name up. It was her name was Putlabai. Putlabai. And um she was completely absorbed in religion. And she didn't care for any of the finer things in life. She didn't care about jewelry, didn't care about the way she looked, things she had. She split her time pretty much from the temple that they went to Mm -hmm. and then being a wife and a mother. That's all she did. That's what she did. Um, And she fasted pretty frequently. Just a little side note there. And then, so... And Gandhi grew up in a home with the strong values of, I'm going to mess this up again, <laughs> Vaishnavism. Okay. So it's a, it's a worship of the Hindu god Vishnu and a twist of Jainism, which is a morally rigorous Indian religion whose chief tenets are nonviolence, mm-hmm. right, and the belief that everything is eternal. So he kind of grew up in a house with those two. Instillments. Okay. Which, everything's eternal. I kind of like that. And so, where they were from in Por Bandar, the education system was pretty rudimentary. In the elementary school where Gandhi attended, children wrote the alphabet on dust with their fingers. It was pretty poor. It was pretty pretty rough. Jeez. Yeah. And, um, however, right when Gandhi was going from primary to secondary school, his dad got a promotion to a finer city named uh, Rajkot to be a D1 there, a chief minister, mm-hmm. and kind of gave him a better life there. Cool. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, it was considered a princely state. A princely... 
Do you know if his father, that was his last wife, was number four? or? I'm pretty sure. Yeah? Yeah, I'm pretty sure his last wife was number four. And a little bit about Gandhi's life in, that in school. He did okay. Uh, he won some prizes and some scholarships, but he was pretty much considered aggressively average compared to all his other kids. And um, one of the reports stated that Gandhi was good at English, fair in arithmetic, and weak in geography. And he had very bad handwriting. So I'm pretty much Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're writing in dirt compared to then all of a sudden you got to write with an actual utensil. like Or not utensil. That's a very good point. You're writing with your finger compared to actual but. I don't know. Maybe they're holding sticks. I don't know. Maybe he but... was meant to use an iPad. Strong <laughs> generation. Strong generation, Gandhi. You're good. Um, Gandhi was also married off when he was 13. Oh, dang. Yeah, he he, he got married when he was 13. And um, at this time, he was still very noticeably shy. And he lacked confidence. Oh, man. I mean, at 13. For a 13-year-old? I don't bro, blame him. Like, 13? You're, like, in 6th or 7th grade. And you're like, what's uh, up? What's up, baby girl? You get married? Not our choice. Oh, gosh. That would be awful. Absolutely awful. Right. Um, and another report that I found this was kind of funny. It said that um, Gandhi... Shown neither in the classroom nor on the playing field. So he was just not good at anything. Like, he was not really good at anything. Yeah. Um, but he loved to go on long walks where he'd separate from society and just think. Well, yeah, if he does not good at yeah. I mean, I would too, bro. Yeah. Everybody's telling you you're not good. <laughs> They're like, so you're aggressively average. Um, what would you like to say about that? Oh, uh, i go on a walk. <laughs> uh, I'll go on a walk. Um, however... Um, he had a pretty rebellious, you know, adolescent years, puberty and all that. Um, he was secretly an atheist, which was blasphemy in his house. Um, he started stealing, started smoking cigarettes. Ciggies. Yeah. And worst of all, for a kid that was in a Vaishnavic home, he ate meat. Oh, so they're vegetarian. vegetarian. Yep. Because it starts with a V as well, or what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that would be easy to remember. Okay, cool. Yeah, so he ate meat. Um, nothing too crazy. Pretty much, I would say, like every other teen. I mean, like, how could you not eat meat? I mean, I know some people don't, but... I love meat. Meat. Bro. Dude. Especially now that you got that smoker. Whew. How do you not eat meat? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. Maybe smoked Brussels sprouts are really good. Ugh. What's the point? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. But meat is pretty tasty. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, I think if you gave a vegan a really nice steak and just told them to open up their mind just to eat it, they'd probably love it. Oh, I think... I feel like a lot of maybe that's not because they don't like it. I think a lot of it is either their body has a hard time digesting it or they don't like us killing cows. I don't know. I think, I mean, I I get where they come from. I I get where it's coming from. But also cows out in the wild are going to have a way more brutal death with a coyote rather than like a humane death. 
in a slaughterhouse. You know? I'm guessing it's like the quality of life that they have, right? So, yeah, big farms where they're just kind of chained neck to neck. I can see where that gets a little froggy. But also, you buy everything from a grocery store. Like your your farms that grows lettuce and cabbages. Any invasive kind of animal that wants to show up, they get shot either way. Mm -hmm. So. And, yeah, it takes a lot to grow plants. It takes a lot to do everything. Exactly. You know, I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong way. There's and if you don't want it, way. it's also like exactly what you said, right? Like we're already giving the grocery store money. They already got their cut, you know? The grocery store already bought all that meat from that person. It's still going to sit there. They've already got like, you know, you're just giving the grocery store money in different ways. That is true. It's still making the world go around like... Unless I would say you shop at a place that wouldn't sell like meat or anything, then you're still giving the big guy money. Yeah. It all comes down to money, dude. Money, honey. <laughs> um, but um, when Gandhi was going through his adolescent years and he was in puberty, every time that he would fuck up, he made a promise to himself that he would never do it again. Like, do that specific thing again. When you get trashed and you're like, I'm never drinking again. Well, kind of. But, like, let's he say... He actually wouldn't do it again? He actually wouldn't do it again. Dang. And he, okay. kept, that, he kept that promise. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, but um, he kept on finding new experiences. So, like, stealing. He promised he'd never do that again. He didn't. He just started to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> He, he just, he never went back on what he said, but he just found new things to do. Okay, okay. Um, and then deep down, he had a strong urge for self-improvement. Like, he just wanted to be a better person. And that led him to different Hindu gods and mythology when he was married, I suppose, around the same time yeah, okay. as a 13-year-old. And then okay. in 1887, so he was... How old was that? He was born in 1869, I think he said, or 68? Yep, so he was 17, 16, 17. Um, Gandhi barely made it into college. He scraped by on the entrance exam and was now attending the University of Mumbai. Oh, wow. Formerly known as Bombay, which every time I read it, I thought of Black Panther when they said E-Bombay. Every time. <laughs> every time I read it. Yeah, I just want to hit my chest. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And um, he made the switch in college from his native tongue, which was uh, Gujarati, to English, and it made studies very difficult for him because he went from his native tongue to studying in English. Uh, yeah, that would be Dude. hard. Could you? Well, also, Dude, like, I know that's you know, brutal. Well, think about if you had to learn everything in Spanish. Because he knew English before, you said. He's, yeah. He knew English, so you, but like, all of a sudden, just like switching, like you kind of know it, but you don't at the same time. Yeah, that would be He's, brutal, dude. You'd probably get really good at English. I mean, yeah. 100%. Yeah, but it'd be a rough first year, first, second year. Mm-hmm. Probably a rough whole time, to be honest. Yeah. Um... And, yeah, he found his lectures difficult to follow along. Mm-hmm. However, Gandhi wanted to be a doctor. That's originally what he wanted to be. 
was hmm. a was a kind of doctor, um, but that would have gone against his religion, it, well his home religion, because he was Don't. secretly an atheist. To be a doctor was against the Vaishnavic religion. Oh, that's right, because it's more, because um, it's Western medicine, right? Is I don't think that had anything to do with it, but in their religion, you cannot experiment. And oh, considered... Okay. Um, I was just wondering, because I mean, a lot of like, yeah, Eastern medicine is like, more like herbs and stuff like that. Right? I don't and think not, so. Yeah. I think they're pretty... I'm pretty positive that it's like a Western, like, quote-unquote, like, Western medicine. Like, that's, like, said. Yeah, but I still think they have surgeons. Well, I'm not, say- I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying it's more, it's a lot more common. At least that's what I thought. I don't, I don't know if that's true. Maybe not. As I much. feel like there's still surgeons. And... and I'm not saying there's not. I'm still saying there's surgeons and everything. I just think there's also a lot of... A lot more opportunities where it's not, I guess, not as much pharmaceuticals all the time. Oh. That's yeah, what I'm I saying. Say, I would say maybe. I, I guess doctors know. are all pharmaceuticals. That's more pharmacists. But, like, I guess I think that may also be because of those, like, religions and stuff, right? Like, you just have stuff to almost treat symptoms instead of maybe treat it. Sometimes. You don't know much about that stuff. Like, oils. Like, rubbing, like, an oil on your foot. Yeah, I don't believe in that stuff. Exactly, that's why you're looking at me funny. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think rubbing peppermint oil on my ankle is going to do anything for me. Which it may, but I have no whatever idea. You say, bro, whatever you say, I, I'm not saying it's wrong. I just haven't been proved right. Well, uh, do you have... I remember I used to put oils on your feet when you got sick. No, you didn't. Yeah. What oils? Well, Canola oil? No, it's called thieves. I don't know. But either way, I I think it helps to a point. Like I mean, like you know, instead of having to take like ibuprofen, you just do like Epsom salts or something, or you know, or like a warm. Like I don't know. Never mind. Okay, I see where you're coming from. You see, okay, okay, I okay. see where you're coming from. But um, I'm guessing it has like so with the, like those like different religions and stuff like experimenting like also yep. like has like medicine right like pharmaceutical medicine. Um, yeah, you'd um, have to do pharmaceutical like I mean you have to experiment on that stuff before you sell it. To be, uh, I'm assuming a surgeon or whatever he wanted to be. I don't know what kind. Yeah, of Yeah, I was gonna say what kind of doctor. There's I don't know millions. Well, not millions, but like it just a says, lot of different doctors. Yeah. I'll just put a general topic on it and call it a medical doctor. Cool. That's what I'll say. I mean, it doesn't say pet doctor, so... You're right. A pet doctor, a vet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in his religion, no experimentation was allowed. And um, it was kind of also a political move for Gandhi not to be a doctor. Because his father would pay the price if the state found out that his son was an abomination to the religion. Since he was chief minister... Of this princely uh, state. So there's there's no separation of church and state. There is nowhere. Mm-hmm. Not even in the U.S. <laughs> just, joking. <laughs> just joking. But yeah, okay. Um, so... I mean, we all know that, so that's what I was like. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Um, so instead, his family decided to persuade him into becoming a barrister. And this is where he got his first title. A barrister? Is that where you capture bears? No, but that's a good guess. 
hunt bears. Nope. It doesn't Trump even bears. have to do with out, the outside world. It's his first step into law. A barrister? Mm-hmm. Or a barrister, whatever you want to call it. Oh, like the bar? No. <laughs> so I had to look it up because I wasn't sure what it was. And it's essentially you're an advocate for trial work. Like different trials. You're a barrister. But you can't call yourself Lame. a barrister until you're at your graduated from your pupillage. From your eyeball? No, that's just called gotcha. like apprenticeship, I think. Okay. With um, your pupes. With my pupes. <laughs> the pupes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, his family persuaded him to become a barrister, and he jumped into doing this. After his family persuaded him, they told him, I mean, you'll have to travel to England, and he's like, fucking bet. And well, especially if you like how to get married at 13. Yeah, dude, like, for real. Let me be free. <laughs> yeah, he jumped. And, um, Did he take his wife? No. No? Okay. Nope. And it's noted that he did not have a good time in college, so he probably should have partied a little more, <laughs> I guess. But, so Gandhi took that opportunity, mm-hmm. and he left, and he... He envisioned England as this land of philosophers and poets and the center of civilization and mm-hmm. humanity. That's yeah. what he imagined England as. I mean, yeah. Um, and it was around this time that his father had passed away. Oh. Like, right around right around the time. There's no exact date that I could find. I'm sure there is. Um, if yeah. I dug a little deeper. I mean, he's already had four wives. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um... It was around this time his father passed away, leaving him very little, leaving his whole family very little. Well, if you had, yeah, how many yeah. kids did he have? Four. Oh, is it? I think four total. Oh, only one per wife? I think so. Hmm, that's not bad. Um, and his mother was reluctant to let him leave and explore England because of uh, distant temptations and um danger okay basically she did a lot of things yeah basically she didn't want him to explore baddies yeah i mean he sounds like she knew deep down he didn't believe what she believed in oh interesting why do you say that i mean that's the fear right if you were like if you knew they believed in it You'd be like, hey, go, spread the word. Bring back more. But instead, his mom's like, don't talk to baddies. Yeah, don't talk to too many people. You're going to get persuaded. Yeah. I think that's, I would say that's why I'm guessing she did it. Interesting. I bet she knew deep down. Yeah, so his mom made him promise, um, <laughs> vow not to, hold on, it is somewhere to here. smack any baddies? Yeah, essentially. Smack that booty? What is it? Oh, yeah. His mother, um, before he left, made Gandhi vow not to touch wine, women, or meat while away. Dang. She might as well just said Wagyu, the three W's. Wine, women, and meat? It's just an upside down W, but... You're not wrong. The OG WWW. Wine, women, and wheat. (laughs) Wine, women, and weed. 
Dude. Never forget. What a missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, <laughs> okay, but like you told me, he didn't touch his. He's his a seventeen-year-old boy. Yeah, with the girl he just married off. You're not telling me that he isn't. He's gonna go to England, out? a cosmopolitan, with women showing their ankles. He's on. <laughs> the sexy <laughs> ankles. Maybe even a shoulder. Maybe a shoulder. Maybe uh, the bridge of the nose. Maybe the nape of the neck. Oh, jeez. The <laughs> nape. No way. Um, but fun fact is one of his brothers raised the money for him to travel over to England. What so, a homie. So I thought that was really cool. That's cool. Um, so where is this? However, um, as soon as Gandhi was getting ready to go and travel... Um, the, his temple leaders pretty much stopped him um, and said, This trip is forbidden. It is a violation of the Hindu religion. Why? I don't know. Oh. But they stopped him, pretty much. They didn't actually stop him. Gandhi, a culty. Gandhi pretty much said, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm going. There's it baddies sounds, in England. Dude, it They're sounds a little cultish. Um, I mean, they're probably from a small town. It's a very small town. I mean, they, Sounds they, a little they, on they... the edge of Jamestown S. Oh, really? Dude, maybe I have to do one in Jamestown, dude. Mm, Johnstown? Was... James? Johnstown? I think it's Johnstown, actually. I'm trying to think of what the actual name is. You're talking about with Jim Jones? I don't know what his name is. The guy that they made the included? city. Yep. That one. I don't know. I, I've been thinking about doing some conspiracy theories because there's a lot of conspiracy theories that I that I enjoy. I know we should. That'd be we cool. might. They might come in the future. Who knows? Yeah. But for now, we got Gandhi. Gandhi, who was escaping a cult, it sounds like. It's, yeah, a Gandhi. Pretty I guess much I said. Look, maybe. Um, here, maybe I'll pause it real quick, and we can look up what the definition of cult is. So, so what does cult mean? It says that religious cult definition is a relig- a small religious group that is not a part of a larger and more accepted religion and that has beliefs regarded by many people as extreme or dangerous. Hmm. So, so I don't know. It could go either way. It could. It just, I think it, I think it's just when maybe it. A cult, like a, the, a couple other ones, is almost when it like is different from the norm. So maybe it might seem more cultish to maybe uh like us who's not into that religion. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like cultish is more of maybe one that's not as well known. Maybe is in a certain area or something. I don't know. It don't seems know. like maybe a point of view is what a cult I is. I think, yeah, I think I think that's a good way to put it. It's just a point of view. Because yeah. I think if you really wanted to, you could view anything as a cult. I mean, yeah, like people even say like sometimes work is cultish, you know? Yeah. Because it's just like a tight stuff of view. like that. Yeah. It's just a point of view. It's, it's, just, it it's also, I think it gets used a little bit Yeah. more, but... Um, seems very intense. Either way, it seems intense. Yeah, it does. I agree. Um, but either way, Gandhi pretty much bounced. He said, I don't give a shit. I'm leaving. 
And Good for him, dude. And within 10 days of his arrival in England, um, he joined the Inner Temple. It was one of four Lind- London law colleges. Which oh. is kind of an interesting name. Um, he took his studies very seriously, and he tried to brush up on English and Latin. Mm. And he tried to get into the University of London. But after three years in England... He was focusing more on his personal issues and moral issues over his like academic career. Okay. He found himself just kind of pondering his life, his purpose over like like a ac- regular college student. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Yeah, um, but the transition from rural life in India oh, to the yeah. cosmopolitan cosmopolitan world. Yeah, I... Talk about culture shock. Bro. That would be intense. Dude, for real. Um, I remember my, was it my, I think it was my little brother. He came back from Mexico when he was like seven or eight. It was one of the last times my dad ever went with, with all of us before it got too dangerous down there. My little brother was telling me that our cousins think that everybody in America's house is made of gold. It's, it's a really small town in Mexico. Really? Yeah, and they think America, everybody's house is made of gold. Dang, that's so crazy. That's just crazy. Dude, I, I remember going there, and it's it's wild. Is it just harder, like, they can't visit here, or are they... What do you mean? Like, why has... I guess, why doesn't your family ever visit here? Uh, one of the main reasons is because my uncle died here. Oh, um, and my grandma pretty much vowed never to come back. Oh, that makes And it was my dad's brother. It was on my dad's side. And apparently he was... It was a car accident, yeah. He was, he was, uh... It's a pretty dumb move, to be honest. Um, he was holding... Supposedly, this is what I heard, he was holding down a mattress, um, on a truck bed. He was back there on top of the mattress holding it down when air got under the mattress and flipped him up. He pretty much took flight, and the mattress came back down on him, right on his neck, uh, on the road, and he died on impact. Did I know? Every time you tell me that, it's like ugh. yeah, yeah. But I I think I guess a, I never. I guess I've never really asked why they haven't visited here. Yeah, it's. I, I think that's one of the main reasons. Also, it's like from, coming from Mexico to here is pretty difficult. It is like it's not easy. You know, it's it's yeah. definitely not easy just to get, especially a passport to come to the U.S. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I guess I've, ne- I've never had to. Yeah, it's easy to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but because then back in, does Mexico? Only, I guess that's a whole different thing. Like I was just maybe I'll have to ask you later. But what I was just wondering, about? like, how long can you even stay in Mexico? Can you only stay for a certain amount of time? Like, what about the U.S.? Can uh, you it depends, on, it depends on your passport. Like, just like Mexicans mm. can get visas, work visas to get them up here. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, if you just go for vacation, I guess you could probably stay indefinitely. Yeah. But I think the issue arises when you want to call Mexico your home. Like, your main... Mm. I think if it's more than six months or something like I that. Think, I mean, I know in the U.S., whatever six months is, right, you have to claim... I, I think that's just an Idaho law. Or maybe I think it's for a few states. Yeah. So, I think um, a few states have different amount of times that you have to stay there. But yeah, so. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think 
what my cousins thought America was. It was just a land of gold. Yeah. I wonder if um, there was, like, passports, visas, all that stuff back with Gandhi. Like, he must have just had to just get there. I think at the time, India was a colony of Britain. Oh, that would be why he did all his movement stuff, maybe? Possibly. Possibly. Okay, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, But, yeah, transitioning from rural life to cosmopolitan life was hard. He had to relearn how to dress, etiquette, and food was a hard change for him. Oh um, yeah, 100%. he was a he was a vegetarian, and he was made up. He was made fun for, it, made fun of for it. So he did keep his promise of no meat. He's, uh, yes, he did. Yeah, he did keep it. Um, but this is kind of when he started to get a backbone on him. You know, from a shy, really like <laughs> shy being thirteen. Yeah, I mean, being a shy, <laughs> finally becoming kid. himself. Yeah, um, he found a book backing his uh, vegetarianism. And he used this book as a viewpoint on life. And um, he f- found truth in the, his vegetarian lifestyle in this book. So he was def- he was starting to defend his lifestyle instead of letting was, people yeah, um, he, step all over him. Like almost started to believe in it more himself. So right. So it became more stronger. So that makes sense. He, so yeah. he found this book and he started to grow spine on him. Um, and then he became a member of the Linden uh, Vegetarian Society, and he attended uh, conferences, and he wrote articles, you know, pretty much wow. like a vegan these days. Trendy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, and within this group, he made multiple connections. Um, he made some religious ones. They showed him the Bible um, and uh, more of the, I'm going to totally mess this up, Bag of Vegeta. Bhagavajita? Okay. Bhagavajita? I don't know. Um, which was the Indian equivalent to Bible. Okay. Um, it's just pretty much known as the Jita. We'll just call it that from now on. Okay. Um, and and it, the Jita was part of an epic poem that was a popular expression of Hinduism. Okay. So... The English uh, vegetarians, they were socialists and humanitarians. And he met some famous famous authors while he was there. And these people hated the values of the late Victorian establishment. Um, They denied capitalism and rejected the idea of industrialization, which is pretty much the U.S. (laughs) I was going to say, no wonder England didn't want us, you know? Or I guess we didn't want England. Pretty much hated... All of it's the U.S., pretty much. Yeah. But also, like, I mean, you gotta advance technology, you know? The Industrial Revolution was pretty big on some some pretty big stuff. And, I mean, made a lot of our, especially, like, farming, food, stuff like that. A lot of big machinery and stuff like that came from there. So, it's like, it's it's a double-edged sword, you know? Yeah. Technologies can be really scary and all that, but it's also really beneficial for a lot of different things. Yeah, a lot of people's pockets. What? A lot of people's pockets. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, they hated the idea of industrialization, but they loved the idea of a simple life. Um, And they believed that you were supposed to be morally righteous over any material possessions. So, like, not worry about world or worldly materialistic possessions. Pretty much, 
you're supposed to be morally virtuous. Maybe might get on a haterade for this, but I bet they smell. <laughs> you bet they're stinky. Yeah. Little stinky poopies. Yeah, they're like, I don't care about my clothes, dude. I bet they do kind of stink. I a bet little they bit. stink. Bet they were a little. Biotastic. Yeah, I bet they were a little ripe. Yeah, teen spirit. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Um, the connections that he made in his in, in his excuse me. And his school shaped his personality and eventually his politics. But after all that, in 1971, he came back. Wait, 1871. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, the 70s. Yeah, 18. Yeah, 1871. His mother passed. He yeah, he found his mother had passed away. His degree as a barrister was not providing jobs in the legal profession, and it was overcrowded. Um, and it was much too lucrative for a shy yeah. Gandhi. And um, he even messed up his first trial by arguing with the judge about the sentence. Um, nice. On his first trial, yeah. Word spread, and he pretty much could not find, an, an, I mean, find a job yeah. in any law office. Yeah, sorry, dude. You kind of messed that one up. Yeah, honestly. Um, he got turned down as a part-time teacher, and after that, he returned back home once again. Um, he did okay. Uh, he was drafting petitions for people that wanted petitions. Um, he did this for a couple years when an offer came across his desk from India. Uh, or no, an offer came across his desk from an Indian firm in South Africa. Hmm. So he got this little letter and he was like, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> and he ended up reading it. And what it was, it was a position in South Africa to fight some social and racial injustice. And um, it was a contract to come work for the law office down there in India, in Natal. Huh. And so he pretty much did. And he's like, cool, work. Let's and go. he spent about two decades there. Doing it. Yeah. So, and he's like, he has to be almost in his 20s at least now, right? Mm hmm. So yep. half his life, dang. Yep. Spent about two decades there, only to return to India in 1896 and 97 when the youngest two of his children were born. Or he went back and, hold on, I totally messed it up. <laughs> like, his children? <laughs> he came back in 1896 to grab his family to move them to South Africa. And his two youngest kids were born there after that. Oh, okay. okay. I was like, we'll touch back on that. We'll touch back on that trip. His kids. Yeah. He came back for their birth. <laughs> uh, we'll touch back on this on that trip to yeah. there. It'll come back up in a little bit. Um, but flat out, South Africa was not kind to him. Um, <laughs> he was in a Durban court. He was asked to take off his turban. He refused, and he was kicked out of the courtroom. A few days later, he was thrown out of a first-class railway, and he was left. Um, Shivering and freaking pissed at a rail station in Peter Maritzburg, and then he was beaten up by a white. Um, what does that say? Then he was beaten up by a white group at a stagecoach um, because he would not travel on the footboard of a, a bus. 
to make room for a European. Jeez. Yeah, so t- take this all into consideration when he when he mm-hmm. figured out who he was. Um, and then the cherry on top was that he was barred from hotels which stated Europeans only. So it was pretty much segregation there was happening in Europe. It was already happening. Or instead so of they said Europe blacks or, or whites. He was in Europe, Europe or in South Africa? In Europe, so he was in South Africa. In Europeans were... Yes. Saying. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. Uh, and stuff like this happened daily for him. He learned to pocket the racism, you know, kind of let it slide. Mm-hmm. And um, also pocket how much he was earning, which was not much. Um, then came his retaliation phase. And he was really not known for self-aggression or assertion. It's not who he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he began to study the people that looked like him, that were him, all around yeah. him. And he began to um, teach them and show them their rights as people. Like, show oh, them yeah. their rights. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he was showing these people how to pretty much become stronger, how to become themselves, become people in the city. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want to stay in South Africa. Um, and as the year drew to a close... Um, so did his contract. Mm-hmm. And while getting ready to sail across the sea back to India, he found himself in the same city that threw him out in the streets of the train. And he was looking at the train station where he found a legislative assembly where they were considering a bill to remove the right to vote for Indians. Okay. Jeez. And this was the first step into him becoming a political activist. Um, the, his, his so people... you're saying that they were trying to get rid of the right to vote when they already have the right to vote? They were like, ah, actually, let's take it away? Yes. Jeez. Um, so the people all around him, after telling them all their rights and things, uh-huh. um, they wanted him to stay and fight for them, and he did. Pretty much That's overnight, cool. he became this, this, uh, assertive person, well-spoken. He was not afraid to speak publicly. and He was 25 at the time. I was going to say, I bet he just... He had it growing in him. Oh, yeah. Um, and then by 1894, he was officially a political campaigner. Damn. He was ready to rock and roll. Jeez. Um, petition after petition, which reminded me of Nick Miller when he said, What do you call a guy in his mid-30s with nothing to do? Your worst nightmare. Your worst nightmare. <laughs> I will file petition over petition. <laughs> um, anyways, so yeah, that's what he did. I literally wrote his night worst nightmare. Um, and he was persuaded to settle down in Durban, the place where he got kicked out mm-hmm. of a train, uh, to practice law and organize the Indian community. And he did. And he did it pretty well. He exposed the political and social oppression of the people in South Africa. And this gained not only local attention, but global attention, especially from Britain, when they still own South Africa. Dang. Um, I mean, Britain owned everywhere. Right, everybody was looking. And then in 1896, when he went to go back to his family, um, he went back to get his wife and kids. But when, um, when he was going to get them, he was meeting with other leaders in different countries, trying to get them to... Like, help him out? Help him out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mumbled and garbled messages of this 
got back to South Africa where um, the Europeans got freaking pissed. I don't know exactly what was said, but like mixed messages of what Gandhi was doing mm. got back almost like a game of telephone, oh, but no. it was like bad. <laughs> got back to South Africa. Um, and so when he got back, he made it back to Natal, which was the dock, and um, they assaulted him and nearly lynched him Jeez. on his arrival. Yeah. <laughs> by a European mob, which is wild. And then Queen Victoria sent her men, uh, which was Queen of England at the time, sent her men to prosecute and find the people involved with the people attempting to find equity, which was the Indians in mm-hmm. South Africa. Gandhi, after being beat up and everything, they arrested him, and they wanted to know who else was involved. Gandhi didn't say a fucking word. Did you know why? Snitches get stitches. Right. He already had plenty of stitches himself. He didn't need any more. <laughs> For real. And he's quoted as, I don't know how real this is, but he's quoted as saying, It's my principle. With him not to seek redress of personal wrong in the court of law. That was a nice voice. That's my Gandhi voice. I don't know I if like it's quite it. accurate. Like it. it sounds nice, yeah. Um, however... Later on, Gandhi didn't hold a grudge after this was all said and done. Uh, And then there was a war in South Africa in 1899. And he argued to the Indians saying that if you want to claim this place as your own, you have to defend it too. Which I think is like pretty right. Yeah. If you want to claim this place as yours, you don't only get the benefits. You got to fight for it too. You ain't free. Well, that's what a lot of people... um, like, when you talk to a lot of, like, military people, uh-huh. they're, like, if they fight, like, if, like, because when people are, like, oh, well, you know, um, with segregation and all that stuff, and, oh, they don't have rights or whatever, if they can fight in the same exact war we're all fighting in, they should reap the benefits as well. Right. You know? Like, if you're putting in the work, you should get the reward as well. Yeah. So that's what Gandhi was saying. Mm -hmm. And he ended up um, recruiting about 1,100 people. 300 were free and the rest were indentured laborers. And they were the... So slaves? No, no. Indentured laborers were like people with visas. Like like, they went to South Africa for work. And then after the work season was done, they went back home. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I had to look it up, too. Okay. I was like, dang, okay. <laughs> and with those 1,100 people, he formed the Ambulance Corps, which kind of helped out. Ambulance? The Ambulance, yeah. <laughs> and while the British won the war, they pretty much turned right back around and um, wanted to have all the Indians get registered. Pretty humiliating in, in a humiliating way. Um, this meant that all of them would provide physical examinations, they would provide fingerprints, and then in order for them to be um, legal in the city, they'd have to carry around IDs with them, like pretty much around their neck, saying that they're a legal citizen. Only the Indians. Weird. That's absolutely ridiculous. Right, that's what, <laughs> that's kind of what I thought. Um, Loki, okay, yeah. I thought that's how like the COVID vaccine was going to end up. I almost feel like it was. Maybe not in Idaho, but I think yeah. in other yeah. cities it might have been. Which is a little scary. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, however, um, 
Hold on. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. You are. You're doing great. Thank you. I, this is really cool. Um. So yeah, no other Indian had, or no other people had to carry around their ID cards. It was just Indians. And this was a huge protest for Gandhi, pretty much kind of launched him into this world. I uh, put for, it to my butt cheeks and be like, <laughs> you want to see? <laughs> and over the course of seven years, um, he fought this. This the registration, Yeah, seven years. Dang. Indians were shot. They were killed publicly, um, humiliated. And even um, South Africa throughout all this, those seven years, they gathered bad press, which made it also back to Queen Victoria, which made the government come to a compromise with Gandhi. And after this, uh, after they came to a compromise, he left the shores of South Africa. Um, and he started his religious phase, his religious mm, quest. Okay. Um, and it brought him back to a time when he was in school when all his other peers would try to convert him to Christianity. Classic. All right. But it made Christianity. <laughs> I know, right? But it made him want to study religion more. So he was already studying religion, but there was all these other social issues going on. So he kind of took a break. He's probably still doing it on the back burner. But now he had time to do it. So um, he studied both the Bible and the Jita. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. And um, he used kind of both of them as a manual for life. And then in 1915, so he was... 56 at the time. Jeez. 56 at the time, right before World War I, um, they moved back to India, him and his family moved back to India. And over the next few years, he was kind of a political figure, but not really. He didn't want to be. He was known for this seven-year campaign in South mm-hmm. Africa. Didn't really want to do it. Uh, he um, was still recruiting Indians for the British Army. I don't know if he's getting paid to do it, but he hmm. was like actively recruiting Indians for their army. Hmm. Um, and then in 1919, they pushed a bill that would allow the capture and imprisonment without trial of Indians in all British colonies. Rip off. <laughs> More than a rip off is fucked up. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, you just get, you pretty much spot an Indian, capture, kill him, send him to jail. Maybe don't kill him. And <laughs> kill be... him, put him in jail. Like I mean, that's kind of <laughs> capture him, arrest him, throw him in jail, and you didn't need to do any paperwork. It was just a law. Biggest eye roll I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, and it was in that same year that that uh, violent outbreaks followed in all the British colonies. I mean. Um, yeah. Violent, dude. I was about to say. I only wrote down the most notable one, which is the biggest um, the biggest one, which was when um, it happened in Arm- Armistar, where British troops gathered 400 Indians into an open space and opened fire on them. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. Um, and this had Gandhi on a freaking... I would be on a rampage. Oh, dude, he was. He was on a freaking rampage. And then by 1920, he was the most prominent political figure in the world. He was on a global stage. He began creating and cultivating mass movements in India for the cause. He would. He was just creating 
movement everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere he went, he was creating movements. He was just kind of masterminding it all. I don't mm-hmm. know how he did it all. And then by 1925, um, he was kind of out of the public eye again. Um, he kind of did... I didn't write down all his movements, but he did a lot. He did mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, by 1995, kind of peaced out for a little bit. 95 or 25? 1925. <laughs> he kind of peaced out for a little bit. He was chilling, maybe enjoying mm-hmm. his family, his grandkids, whatever he was doing. Mm-hmm. And then, in 1930, the famous Salt March okay. happened. This one I which is we learned prob- about. Yeah, which is probably the one we learned about in school. Um, and it was a protest against the British tax on salt, which disproportionately affected the poorest communities of India. Mm. Um, the salt march resulted in more than 60,000 imprisonments. 60? 60,000, yeah. 60,000 imprisonments, yeah. And um, then later that year, a truce was made from Gandhi and Lord Irwin, which is kind of a terrible Irwin? fucking name. Yeah. Also, dude, imagine you're imagine you're a police officer and you hear, oh, Gandhi's on another protest. You're like, fuck. Got all this paperwork to do. <laughs> you're like, dude, why? why? Make this dude stop. Why? I just got a break. <laughs> and, uh, um, anyways, they came to a, uh, a compromise, and Gandhi was granted a seat at the Round Table Conference. Dang! So he he was he was in the end now. Uh-huh. And then in 1931, he returned to India again, and he was imprisoned again. With those sixty thousand, he got out. Imprisoned once again, he got back to India, and it was the British's plan to squash his influence, uh-huh. cut him out from the outside world, and pretty much make him disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, and have people forget about him, essentially, is what they wanted to do. Yeah. Right? Didn't quite happen. And um, in 1932, while he was still in prison, he started another movement. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how. Um, in which, uh, to stop segregation of the social classes named the Untouchables or the Dalits, and uh, they were the lowest class in India. So this was interesting to me. So in India, before British ruled, the British ruled it, there was no social class in India. The British came in, created a social class, a social divide mm-hmm. between Indians. And I don't know the top two, but the lowest class were, were called the Dalits, um, considered the untouchables, the poorest of the poor. Um, and so the British wanted to... Do whatever they wanted to do with the Dalits, pretty much like send them to war, use them as slaves, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Um, and that that's what their plan was. But Gandhi was fighting that, saying, like, there should no, there should not be a social class in India. Mm-hmm. So that that's where that comes from. Okay. Um, and Gandhi, yeah, he wanted to abolish the social class instilled by the British. And then in 1942... The war against the Axis powers, World War II, um, was in a crucial phase. And Britain imprisoned everyone, including the leadership of Japan and India, and tried to squash any more political um, opponents. Could you imagine being alive both during both world wars? Uh, I could not. Well, like, imagine you're like... I don't know. I'm almost thinking like if you're born, I don't know, let's say 1905. Okay. You're like 10 years old. Boom. World War One. Okay. 
that happens and it's over by the time you're 15 or 20 and then you're like okay we can't have any more than this and then by the time you're 40 boom you're in another world war yeah how wild could you that would be awful that would suck just flat out that would suck that would be awful because at that point you would be like okay we've recovered I'm making a life for myself. At that point, you got kiddos. You know, you got life. You're in a job. Boom, World War Two. That would yeah. be freaking crazy. Right. So, I that's about half of Gandhi's history. Um, th- this is where I'm pretty much going to cut it, unless you want to hear more about it. But I'm gonna. The real reason. What? Oh, I thought you have another page. I do. Oh, okay. But so. Originally, why I wanted to get into Gandhi is because I read some scandalous stuff about him. Oh, okay. So I wanted to get kind of the whole story. Yeah, originally I read that scandalous article about Gandhi. And I ended up going through this whole history of Gandhi. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting. But essentially, I'm going to just get into the part that I wanted you to know about okay. Gandhi. So more and more is coming out about his tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so... What are your thoughts on Gandhi right now? Just flat out. Um, I don't really know. I feel like the same exact things I thought. Like, I just thought he did a lot of stuff. He tried to do a lot of good for a lot of people. Um, tried to get rid of a lot of racism that was happening. I mean, that's the biggest thing I could think of. Yeah, so... I mean, just trying to level the playing field, honestly, for yeah. everybody. So... Yeah, originally I wanted to kind of talk about his weirder side. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I will. So, <laughs> as more and more comes out, he was kind of a creep. Um, I mean, he's also shy. Yeah, he was awkward. a sex addict. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, when he was on his father's side, as, he, as his dad was dying, he left yeah. to go have sex. Oh, nice. He just had to get that last, you know, bust from beyond. (laughs) Um, He was 15 at the time, which is like, all right. I mean, he was married off at, what, 13, so. Yeah. But. So, yeah, he was kind of a sex addict. Um, He took on chastity, but would regularly sleep naked with women. Like, just... He would have random women lay in bed with him naked, but he wouldn't do anything with them. Must be with them? Yeah, somewhere really young. Uh, yeah, somewhere uh, like, somewhere really young. And uh, he just, he said he had a control of his chastity because if he couldn't, he would have done things with them. But since he didn't, he, he was okay. Um... On his adventures, like on these marches, um, he started to experiment with chastity on groups of people. Um, Young boys and young girls would bathe together and sleep together, but any kind of like lusty sexual talk was punished. Men and women were separated, and husbands and wives were not left alone. And any time you felt horny, you would take a cold bath. That was his cure for horniness, was it? Ice cold shower. Although these rules didn't apply to him. Well, yeah. Right? Um, one of his secretary's sister, which was pretty attractive, 
um, would regularly sleep with, uh, sleep and bathe with Gandhi. And she was with Gandhi since she was a little girl, like five, six, seven. That's disgusting. All the way up till she was like a young woman. She would bathe with him and sleep, sleep with him naked, but like not do anything. Just gross. I guess gross. Um, and so, yeah, husbands weren't able to sleep alone with their wives, but Gandhi over time would invite from what ended up with one woman to multiple women to just mass amounts of women in his bed. He would sleep with them, like not do anything, but just have like naked women all over him on these marches and stuff. And okay, yeah. Uh, engaging in experiments, you know, which pretty much were like strip teases and other non-contact sexual experiences. So he wouldn't touch them, but he would have them do like as sexual stuff as you could without touching somebody as experiments, right? <laughs> it's fucking weird. <laughs> okay. Um, and... It was a point in time where Gandhi was writing all these experiments down with what he, with, with, with <laughs> no what he did. Way. Yeah. Um, but most of it was burned. Like, there's not a whole oh. lot of stuff out there anymore. Um, and <laughs> this is the funniest one that I found, is that he complained of involuntary uh, nutting. He would just bust out of nowhere. <laughs> like, he would just... <laughs> Involuntarily just bust. Oh, it would just happen. It would just happen. And he believed that one who conserved his nut will acquire unfailing power. So. <laughs> so the less he nutted, the more power he had? No, he couldn't nut. Like, he wouldn't masturbate. He wouldn't sleep with women. Like, the more that you do... But you're saying... But he's saying that it just would happen sometimes? Yeah, like, he would just involuntary just... Just bust. Does that even happen? I've never experienced it. But then again, I don't have any powers, so... <laughs> then again, I don't have any powers. So, I don't know. Is that... I was gonna say, is that like a scientific thing, or is that just... I don't know. This is an experiment that he maybe conducted. I don't know. Interesting. It's kind of weird, Did, though. Do you think he just never had blue balls, or... No, I think he maybe got to that point and just Where, busted. Like, involuntarily? Involuntarily busted? Yeah. I don't know if you can involuntarily bust. Well, I've apparently never, he has. I've never heard of something like that. Dude, I kind of want to look it up, but I'm kind of scared on what I would find if I Googled it. Yeah, I'm going to look it up for you right now. <laughs> so, we looked it up. Or I guess I looked it up. And yes, it is a thing. You can just bust out an hour, but it's not quite involuntary. It's where your genitals are super sensitive, where like any kind of stimulation, you just kind of bust. So, yeah. If he's like, yeah. Yeah, so. If he just has all these naked women all around him all the time. Yeah, so I guess in males it's easier to treat, but in females it's almost debilitating, where they just can't stop. And so yeah. they have to take medications to kind of dampen their hormones. Jeez. 
I know, right? Um, so yeah, um, he continued this act of sleeping with naked women, not doing anything with them, <laughs> until he passed away at seventy-seven. And oh, even so then, almost yeah, almost eighty, and he was pretty much in bed naked with eighteen-year-olds, some younger, um, for sex experiments. It's kind of odd. Dang, that is... Dang. I know. I love learning about this, but at the same time, I'm always like, damn. I know. I'm never not going to (laughs) know. I know, which is kind of a good thing. I don't know. I think sometimes we idolize a lot of, like, you know, and it's like, oh, It all comes back to sex. Like, it it seems like it. It really does, yeah. Sex, money. Sex and money. Sex and money. The oldest professions. Yeah. What can I say? Just classics. Yeah. Any final closing thoughts? I'm trying to think. Um, Imagine Gandhi the sex addict. You know, it's so funny. Like, in my brain, like, I just imagine the bed getting bigger and bigger. But like, <laughs> thinking about, like, did they even make beds big enough for him to sleep with all these women? Or is it just like on the floor? Like he doesn't even, he's like, you know, who needs a bed? I don't know. Like, I don't even, I don't know. It's, it's gross. Especially when you say it's young, 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 youngs. I'm not saying they're like super young, but what they indicate is that they're younger than 18, which I know Indian culture is different. Still, even like 18, you don't even know anything, you know? Yeah, so I had one, when I was doing HVAC still, I had one guy tell me about, he has a business um, that has him, or he doesn't own the business, but part of his work has him travel to India. Mm-hmm. And on his first travels, he was like bombarded with culture shock. Like it's so different over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess one of the common things that happen is that in order for people to pay for rent in like impoverished neighborhoods, like, you know, like uh, slumlords, slumdog millionaires, uh, mm-hmm. landlords, mm-hmm. What, what happens sometimes is the fathers will send their daughter to go sleep with the landlord at any age, like under 13, to pay for rent that month. Because the landlords only want them young like that. Ugh. How? I don't know. But it's like... I just don't know how you would do that. I'm... It may be a part of... I'm not saying it's everywhere. But yeah. wherever this guy was... I don't know if it's true or not. But that's what he told mm-hmm. me. Um, that it's, it's just like part of the culture. So like when... When they do to catch a predator here, and it's an Indian mm-hmm. dude, and um, he gets caught, he almost doesn't see it as anything wrong because it's it's what he does maybe back home. Like, it's not wrong Dang. per se. I just feel like, I just, well, also, like, if you, like, are putting your own daughter for it, like, how do you do that? That's where I have an issue. That's where I'm like, how do you just do that? Yeah, that's where I have an issue, too. Like, that's, like, I guess where my first thought goes to. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? I don't know. Maybe you have to. Maybe you don't make enough. But still, like, there would there would be nothing that makes me want to do that. Yeah. 
I'd die first. I was about to say I'd rather die. <sighs> Dang. I'd rather open my butt cheeks, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> I said if you're a man, <laughs> you'd like I'd rather open my butt cheeks. Yeah, true. <laughs> No, but that's what that's... I got for you today. A little bit of Gandhi. Dang. Well, jeez. Oh, weird ending, huh? Yeah, I was like all hyped up, and then you just really just you know took a sharp left on there. What can I say? That's what I like to do. I appreciate it. You know, it um, gives me a little, a little uh, surprise ending. What can I say? <laughs> well, we'll see you guys in the next one. See, see ya. Bye.